I want to talk to you today about the power of words, the power of words. So before we do that, just a couple of things real quick. Number one, just a couple of weeks away is our burger sale. We'll have burgers and hot dogs for you if you haven't purchased a ticket for that. Uh, that's one way that you can give. You can help uh, us give. That was Joey Trichel's vision that he implemented, and all the proceeds go directly to the health fair. If you want to give to the health fair, you can do that online. You can do that uh, and when we receive offering. All you have to do is memo that health fair, make a check out to us, or memo it online. If you cannot give financially, we're asking that you would be able to give physically. Some of, many people will do both. We like to invest intentionally in the community in which God has placed us. Uh, we don't want to be a church that's in the city. We want to be a church that's a part of the city. And so we, we are investing intentionally. Uh, in a couple of weeks, we have our health fair. We will need your help, believing for uh, a great group of people to come through here and be ministered to. And we need your help. So you can sign up physically at the Welcome Center, or you can sign up electronically online. All you have to do is go to EuniceChurch.com to do that. And now, without me holding back anymore, or doing any more promotionals, just do me a big favor real quick and help me welcome all of those who join us weekly live online through all the different means that they're able to. And now just a little bit louder, we're able to stream into the Eunice Correctional Facility. Got brothers and sisters in Christ down there that we're very grateful for, so we love you guys. We're glad that you ask for us and that you listen in. If you're looking for an objective, we're not just looking for another series to preach. This series has been on my heart for a while. Um, I love the big fat mouth logo and the video. It's just catchy, it just reminds us. But really, we're talking about the power of words, okay? And you're gonna understand how important that is by the end of this message today. I wanna give you the series objective, okay? This is the objective of this series in its simplest form, is that we, as God's people, especially as God's people, would very simply think before we speak. Think before we speak. I could give you several examples of uh, times that I wish I had implemented this seemingly difficult but very simple principle of thinking before I speak. Like the time that I was in an argument with my mother in my mid-teens and I decided in the midst of that argument to spell out H-E double hockey sticks to my mother at her in the midst of that argument. Uh, my mama is a sweet lady until she's provoked in that manner. And in that manner, she reminded me that 15 is not 25 with the back of her hand. <laughs> it was a, a, a memorable moment that I wish that I could have chosen my words a little bit more wisely. One time, uh, Megan and I had been dating for a little over a year and a half. I mean, it wasn't like we had just met or just been hanging out for only a few months. I mean, we were legitimately a year and a half into our relationship uh, in college, by the way, because I don't believe in high school dating. I'm not saying you're going to hell if you do it. I'm just saying there's a 1% chance that it's going to last, and I can't ever preach for something that only has a 1% chance of success. But anyways, we were in college, and we were dating, hey, and, uh, and, and, and we went to a Christmas, family Christmas um, 
with some of my extended family, and we were there, and Megan was there, and, and uh, somebody came in, and, and I, introdu- like I was introducing you know, them to her, and I couldn't remember their name, and it was just a tough moment. They were family. It was, it was a bad moment for me, and in the midst of all the pressure, it was just a lot of pressure to remember their name and her name, and so it, I introduced her as my ex-girlfriend. Uh, said the wrong, ooh, I know, it was a bad day, okay? It's a bad moment. We recovered, look, uh, uh, 10, uh, almost 11 years and three kids later, she's laughing about it. That day, not so much. Today, it's all good, yes? So God can, God can bring grace even to those moments. It's not as bad as the board member at the first church that we were at after we were married that said, oh, that's nothing. And for the uh, sake of the guilty, I won't say his name out loud, but he said, on my honeymoon, I rolled over that first morning of our honeymoon and she said, I love you and she said his name. And he looked back at her and said, I love you too, wrong name. It's amazing. <laughs> hey, but like 40 years later, they're still sharing that story and she still doesn't like it, not one bit. It's the, it's the power of words, the power of words. Um, Number one, if you're taking notes today, and I'm jumping ahead, but I'll come right back. Words have power. Words have have power. Let me give you the scripture. Luke chapter 6, verse 45. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. An evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. Notice that word treasury, okay? Uh, As if you've made deposits into your heart. And from the treasury, whether it be good or evil, based on the deposits that you've made, the Bible says what you say flows from what's in your heart. Okay, English Standard Version, a little bit um, more traditional version, would say out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Okay, so first day, day one, um, my big fat mouth uh, version devotional that you can download on your device at the end of it right there in the middle it says the mouth is really just an amplifier of the heart in other words the heart has something that it wants to say and it really just uses the mouth as a speaker what you say flows from what is in your heart okay um I love my five-year-old little dude. I mean, I tell a lot of stories about my kids. I had a pastor say one time, every time you tell a story about your kids, you got to give them $5. I'm like, well, how about they give me $5? Stop giving me stories to tell. How about that? Let's, I'll do that. But they're not, they don't realize it yet. And he just, when he, when he hears his name, he laughs anyway. So uh, it was just a few weeks ago, he had gotten in trouble for doing something. And, and uh, Megan's punishment for him was not what I had in my mind that I was going to use to punish him. She said, because you were bad and you did this when you should have done this, you're going to have to take a nap. And I'm like, I plan on being bad tomorrow. What Can I just go ahead and schedule my disobedience and you schedule my nap? I want to be in trouble with you. <laughs> but what I didn't understand, it's not like a timeout. You know, like, I heard a comedian say this recently, like this timeout thing. And I, and I get it. Look, you, you raise your child how you want to, and, and, and I'm raising them how I see fit, and hopefully it, it works out for all of us together. But this comedian said, I, my, dad, my dad did timeout 
he took time out of his busy schedule to whoop my tail. That's what my dad, that's what time out meant to, and that's really, that's kind of how I was raised. I mean, my granddaddy and my daddy, that's just kind of, my mama whipped my tail, <laughs> and I turned out decently okay at this point. So Gabriel was going to take a nap, and I was like, ooh, and she's like, no, you don't understand. He hates naps, and he's arguing with her about taking a nap. He's not understanding the power of his words. And I said, Gabriel, it's pretty simple, bro. And I'm not mad at him at all. I said, you can either take a nap, like she said, or I can whip you with a belt. And he said, I want a whipping. <laughs> I said, bro, are you sure? Yeah. He thinks it's funny. I'm like, dude, I'm, uh, look, seriously, man, I don't want to whip you. <laughs> I don't, I really don't want to, like this was not that big of a deal, but if you don't stop arguing with her and don't just go take a nap, I'm going to whip you. You'd rather have a whipping than take a nap. Yes. So I go get a belt and I walk in the living room and I say, look, this, uh, this is how I'm going to hit you. And I hit the couch twice. Boom, boom. And I'm like, look, this, I'm going to whip your backside with this belt once for what you did and, and the second time just for being ignorant and wanting a whipping. That's, I'm going to get you twice. And he said, I, I want a whipping. I said, very well, go to your room. Assume the position. And so he goes in and man, he's ready. You know, I, I didn't like, I mean, I let him keep his shorts on because I was like, dude, I'm going to get you. Like now I have to prove a point to this five-year-old. I don't want to. I give him one more warning, bro. I'm telling you, you're not choosing wisely right now. Like, you're not understanding. I don't want to whip you. And he's like, just take a nap. I don't want to take a nap. I want to whip him. All right, very well. Whack. I get him one good time. Wow. I get him a second time. The first time, he kind of grimaced. The second time, he spun around. He's like this. He spun around. He goes, <laughs> and he just collapses on the floor. And I'm like, bro, I told you, man. I told you, come here, and I'm hugging him, and he's like, and I said, do you wish you would have just taken a nap? He goes, yeah. <laughs> we don't understand sometimes the consequences of what we're saying, even as adults. I, I want to make sure today that what what we've been saying, and this isn't in your notes, it's just along with the story here, make sure that what you're saying is in line with what your daddy desires for you. Because some of you are speaking things that are out of line with the direction that God wants to send you. And you keep speaking them. You keep saying them. And therefore, you continue to send yourself in a direction that is not what your father desires for you. There is power in words. I got to go quickly here. This isn't in your notes. You can go back and read it. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created. In the beginning, God created. Now, it's interesting. We want to look now. If God created, then how did he create? This is important. Remember, there's power in words. Words have power. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless 
and void and darkness was over the face of the earth but the spirit of the Lord hovered over the waters. He wasn't in the waters, he hovered over it. Listen, you don't wanna make sure that you're around people that have the spirit of God in them. You wanna make sure that you're one of the people that has the spirit of God. Like you don't want the spirit hovering over you, you want the spirit saturating inside of you. That's who we need to be. This was dark, formless, void, apart from God. The Spirit of the Lord hovered over it, but the Spirit of the Lord wasn't in it. But God said, let there be light. God spoke into the atmosphere that was formless, void, and full of darkness, and it became a paradise. It became a paradise full of light because of the words that were spoken into it. Listen, apart from God, you were formless. You were void. Darkness was over you. The Spirit of the Lord was hovering around, drawing you and calling you. When you look into the mirror, you should look into the face of someone who believes in Christ and is filled with the Spirit, no longer formless and void and full of darkness, but a person and a place that God has spoken back into and filled with light and life and created a paradise in which his presence has a place to exist once again. You can be that person and the people around you can be the same because of the words that you speak into them because words have power in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, words have power. That means that my current communication does not have to reflect my past condition. The things that I say currently do not have to reflect the past in which I was conditioned. Let me say it this way. I don't have to be raised a certain way in order to raise a new way. I'm not a product of my environment. I'm a product of my creator. I'm not a product of my past. I'm not a product of my culture. And all the Cajuns said amen. I'm not a product of who I used to be apart from God, formless, void, darkness. I am a product of who he says I am. I am a product of who I am in him. I am a product of who he has created and he is creating me to be in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I don't raise my children. And listen, I had a good upbringing, just in case my parents are listening today. I had a great upbringing. Okay, but I can say this about my daddy because hopefully he's in heaven with Jesus. But if I were to base the way that I raise and treat my bride and my children based on my upbringing from my father's perspective, then she and they would be as broken and jacked up as I was. But I don't have to raise my baby and treat my bride based on my upbringing. I can raise my children and treat my bride based on the truths that I find in what my heavenly father said about me despite the example that I may have seen, be it good, bad, ugly, or great. I'm not a product of my atmosphere. I'm a product of him. He spoke into me. Number two, speak words of life. Speak words of life. Let me give you just some 
memory verses, you can just Google. It's, it's a great age that we live in. We really live without excuse. Well, I can't remember verses. Yeah, you, can't, you, just, you may not be able to remember them, but the reason that you can't remember them is because you're not reviewing them. And all you have to do is just remember tidbits of verses and you can plug it in. For instance, you can just Google, let my speech be with, okay? What it says is, let my speech be, it's in Colossians, let my speech be full of grace, seasoned with salt, that I may know the answer that I should give. Ephesians 4.29, this is one of our verses. You memorize one verse every week. You can learn 52 verses in a year, 104 verses in two years. It's one verse we focused on in one week. Ephesians 4.29, listen, this is not a recommendation, okay? It's not like, hey, listen, if you're in a good mood, let everybody know. Praise the Lord most high when the day is good. Let everybody know what a great person and what a great God he is when it's 70 degrees and sunny and everybody's healthy. But when you're in a bad mood, you go vomiting on the face of every single person that he puts in your path that day and you let everybody know how miserable you are, friend. You deserve to let somebody know how bad your day is going. When they see you coming, they should know that God has put them there for you to spit up on and feel better about, you know, that's not what it says. It's not a record. Why do we do that? It's not okay. Ephesians 4.29 says, let no unwholesome talk come from your mouth. English Standard Version says, let no corruptible speech because anything that is not in line with his word is corruptible. Anything that Jesus wouldn't have said over you or the people that you love is corruptible. Let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Only that which is good for the building up of others. Why are Christians so good at breaking people down when we should be building people up? You know why? Because we ourselves are not broken. When we as God's people become broken, and contrite before a holy God, then it will be our heart not to break more people down, but to be used by God to build people up so that those that hear it may receive grace, unmerited favor. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 23, it says, from a wise mind comes wise speech. I just gave some of you the reason for your speech impediment. From a wise mind, that's just simmering right now, comes wise speech. The words of the wise are persuasive. Now listen, I'm not, I'm not boasting today. I'm telling, I need more help with this than anybody. I, mean, I could walk around with a shoe in my mouth. I've had to call so many people and apologize for things that I said before I thought. The only way that we can operate in wisdom is if we operate in the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. So I will only be as wise as I am reverent before God. Wisdom only comes where the fear of the Lord is found. And I don't mean like a, I'm afraid of God, he's gonna kick me like an ant down into the pit of hell and strike me with lightning like Zeus. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a reverent, fatherly, healthy fear of the Lord 
a brokenness and a contrite. Psalm 19, verse 14. In the New Living Translation, David writes, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock, my redeemer. Is it personal to you? May the words of my mouth, this is not just something that we say. Well, man, I, I, I've been doing this too long. I can't, I can't help how I talk. Then you can't help how you talk. Because you can do whatever you decide to do in Jesus' name. And if you don't think you can, then you're right. But if you believe that with men these things are impossible, but in God all things are possible, then God can help you evaluate your speech and make simple adjustments that will make big differences. If you will just slightly adjust. Did you know that if the sun was just slightly adjusted, I mean like 0.07 percentages adjusted, then we would burn up or freeze to death. You can make slight adjustments in your life that make huge differences. Number three, choose wisely. Choose wisely. By the way, our notes are on the back of your bulletin, or you can look at eunicechurch.com notes. You can pull them up. You can have them right there. Choose wisely. Choose wisely. Why? Because every word that I speak, we're talking about the power of words, okay? Every word that I speak advances life, which is the kingdom of God, or death, which is the kingdom of darkness. Every word that I speak either advances the light that God spoke or it advances the darkness that existed outside or apart from God. So choose wisely. By the way, this is in our freedom curriculum. This was a revelation that I received, not the first time, <laughs> not the first time that I went through and taught freedom curriculum, but the second time. So as we had a, about 50 people go through last semester and join us on the retreat at the end, and it was great. And I believe many of them saw the value in it. So some of them are gonna lead groups. I'm just prophetically speaking it, that some of them are gonna lead groups for us this semester. Many of us are gonna go through freedom for the first time because freedom is not just for the people who are bound and broken by addiction and past. Freedom is for anyone who claims that they are in Christ. And if they are hindered in any area, then this is for them. This is where I realized this, this revelation that God gave me last year. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 says, today I have given you, today, to this Sunday, July 7th, and then tomorrow is another day. So tomorrow is Monday, today again. Every single day, God says in Deuteronomy, today I have given you a choice between life and death, between blessing and cursing. Now I call 
on heaven. I call on the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. I call upon the angels and the elders and the saints that have gone before us and earth and everybody that is in our lives right now, all of creation. I call as a witness that you would make the right choice. Oh, that you would choose life, not death, over yourself and the people in your path. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Proverbs 18, 21, English Standard Version. Death and life, I know you know the scripture, don't quote it, hear it. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruits. Which one? Whichever one you're speaking. You eat the fruit of whichever one is coming out of your mouth. Well, I can't help what I say. Then change what you think. The Bible says as a man thinks, so he is. And my thoughts affect what goes inside of me. Change what you're listening to. I'm trying to help you today. Change what you're watching. Well, I can't change my work atmosphere. You can change your work atmosphere. If you will be a living example of God's love, where there is light, there is no darkness. God puts you there as a missionary to make a difference, friend. If he didn't, he would have used somebody else. We can't all go into the marketplace and be the light of God where we are. I understand. You can't go around telling everybody they're going to hell and making sure everybody around you don't cuss, but you can be a blessing in the midst of persecution. Come on. You can reveal God's promise in the midst of the pain and the problems that you have been put around. You are not a thermometer that tells the temperature of the atmosphere in Christ. You have the ability to be a thermostat that changes the temperature of the atmosphere choose wisely power of death and life are in you and what you say and you and the people around you will eat of the fruit of which one you're choosing let me show you this just lay it out Deuteronomy is equal to Proverbs Deuteronomy 30 19 choose for yourself this day life or death blessing or cursing that's why James writes this is three different places in Scripture that's why James writes, let not blessing and cursing come from the same mouth. Because fresh water and the messed up water can't flow in the same river. One of them's coming out and the other one's not there. Let not blessing and cursing come from the same mouth. That's why you need to be careful about what you say. I'm not saying you need to walk around beating yourself up and condemning yourself because of something that you said. I'm saying that you can take authority over your own lips. You have the ability to choose wisely if our if blessing and cursing are a choice life and death are a choice choose life or choose death if that is true if those scriptures are true then our speech is a reflection of our choice our conversations are a reflection of our spiritual condition. That's powerful because we get to choose that. It's not chosen for us. So I just put the responsibility and the ability, the authority and the conviction back in the right place. What you say is nobody else's fault. 
Our speech is a reflection of our choice. The conversations that you have are a reflection of the spiritual condition in which you exist. So, what we speak, what we speak is proof of what we believe. So is what you're speaking in line with what you say you believe? More importantly, number four, is what you say in line with what he says? We need to align our words with his word. This is really, really important because you can say that you believe whatever you want to say, but until you learn to walk in what he's already said, you're going to continue to repeat the same process over and over and listen to me. I'm not talking about positive energy here. This is not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about new age humanitarianism or secular humanism. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about Eastern animistic transcendentalism where you go in and Musa or Wusa or, or Ignoramusa or whatever it is that we do and bow and whatever and rub our ears and stretch a certain way and do the prairie dog or whatever it is. That's not what I'm talking about. Listen, I'm not going to let yoga and Yoda and Buddha steal from me what God gave to me in his word. I will meditate, but I'm going to choose what I meditate on. I will meditate on his word day and night. And my words will be a reflection of his words. My words will come into alignment with his word. My speech will align with his is holy scripture when I meditate on the right thing, not things, the right thing. When I think about the right things, as a man thinks, so he is. When I take captive my thoughts and make them obedient to Christ, I affect what goes into my body and what exists in my heart and then out of the abundance of the investment and the deposits that I made into myself, I think before I speak, therefore I made my choice and I spoke life and my words begin to line up with his words. So when I'm afraid, I remember very simply that Jesus said on multiple occasions do not fear do not be afraid I remember I've not been given a spirit of fear but of power love and a sound mind when I'm worried I remember that Jesus said do not worry because if he cares about the birds he cares about you when I'm anxious I know that that's not from God I know that that's from the enemy that's apart from God it's darkness so I quote and I let my words align with his word that I would be anxious for no thing but through prayer and petition with thanksgiving I make my request known to God and then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding transcends my heart and my mind I can take his word and re 
redirect my path on that day. I can get this squiggly line life that I've been living, this ebbing to and flow, bouncing around with the waves that are this world, and I can be on a straight path in alignment with what he's already said. I have the opportunity to walk in as long as I'm walking with Jesus and I make sure that my choice is life, if you'll join me. Align your words with God's word. I'm talking about death and life and the power of the tongue, the power of words. Listen, ask right now. Am I speaking life or death? Am I receiving life? Or death. Some of you have been carrying words of death for years that someone apart from God in a moment or in a lifestyle spoke over you and you've been carrying those words. Maybe they told you you were worthless. Maybe they told you you would never amount to anything. Maybe they told you, well, I don't know what they told you. I'll probably never think of yours. But whatever was spoken over you, you have the choice to choose life or death. Words of death are robbed of their power when we choose not to agree with them. In other words, it doesn't matter if your closest friend spoke the spirit of stupid all over you. Those words are robbed of their power when you choose to rebuke them in the name of Jesus and receive what he said about you, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that you were created in the image and the likeness of God Almighty. Don't you dare call ugly what God put his hand to mold into his image and likeness. Don't you dare call worthless what Jesus called worth it. Don't you dare call faithless when Jesus was faithful. Don't you dare call a mess what God moved in and made a difference for. Don't you accept the words of death when you've been given the word of life. This is who you are when you're in him I'm not talking about meditating on feeling better and becoming a better person I'm not talking about positive energy I'm talking about the name that is above every other name I'm talking about the one that when you submit yourself to him and resist the devil it will flee out of your life those words of brokenness words of pain words of sorrow words of mourning today in the name of Jesus I'm calling you before heaven and earth, before life and death, blessing and cursing, all that you would choose life because that's what he came to offer. That's who he is. And it's who you are when you're in him. I'm talking about Jesus. Aligning your word with his word. If you want to know what you're choosing, just listen to what you're saying. You change what you say, you change what you choose. You change what you choose, you change what you say. Is it really that simple? That's what he did. 
With men, these things are impossible. You can't fix you. But in him, all things are possible. You know this. But Jesus came that he would bring life and bring it in abundance. Life or death, light or darkness, blessing or cursing. Choose him, choose him. And your speech is a reflection of your choice. If it's not, then it needs to be. If you would bow your head, close your eyes. Ask God right where you sit. Don't take advantage of this opportunity to pack up your junk and move around. That's not what this is for. This is an opportunity to evaluate. This is not condemnation. This is evaluation. I'm not talking about things you don't have any control over. I'm talking about authority that Jesus has actually already given you. So ask, God, are my words a reflection of your will for my life? Where do I want my life to go? Are my words sending me where God wants to take me? Or have I been choosing poorly? Right where you sit, specifically for those who are believers in Christ, if you've spoken death over someone, you need to ask for forgiveness right now. If someone has spoken death over you, then in the name of Jesus, choose forgiveness. Do not receive that word and rob those words of their power. Instead, right now, receive life. Evaluate. Jesus came that we could have life and have it in abundance. So if you're not in Christ, then you don't have life. And if you are, then your words should reflect that life. With nobody looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed, you don't just need to change your speech. You need to change your direction. You need to stop following your will and follow Him. You need to stop going your way Confess Him as Lord. Receive the life that He has for you. And live His way. God wants to forgive you. He wants to set you free. He wants to give you life. But He needs you to choose Him. If you are outside of God's will for your life, if you have not been following Jesus, if you need to receive salvation right now, today, we're going to pray. If you need to recommit or really commit your life to Jesus right now, right where you sit, we're going to pray a prayer. And if you want to be included in that prayer, that prayer of repentance, confession, declaration, and rededication, I want you to lift your hand right where you sit. Say, hey, that's me.